Today on the No City on the Sideline Dan podcast, episode number 12, what is the one thing we always seem to be in search of? We're always trying to find some kind of balance. That's what we talk about next with my guest on the No City on the Sidelines Dad podcast. sitting on the sideline dad podcast hey my name is joel foley i'm a dad and a parent and a adult but just like you and i want to say thank you for being here i know as a dad and a parent time is limited so you choose to spend time with me it means a lot we're all crazy busy especially being this time in this world in society with smartphones and laptops and we're just very busy people this is a podcast about having a conversation what it means to be a dad and a parent the topic is related to being a dad and a parent this will be a weekly podcast that it can have a sense of community, interviews and topics about being a dad and a parent and adult. Or I'd say adult, but I mean, we're all going through the same issues. I love being a dad and a parent. I know the dad stuff, parent stuff's not easy. I'm not an expert. I'm just a dad on a journey, just like everybody else trying to figure out this crazy life of being a parent and a dad one step at a time. On today's podcast... I have a great conversation with author and professor Russell Clayton. We talk about all that, all this searching for that work. We're all, we talk about work life balance. Also talk about his book that has to do with work life balance. And it's called in search of work life balance, a small book with faith based approach to large problem. And it's something I think it may be a large problem. So let's jump right into the conversation. Today on the podcast, my guest, Russell Clayton, author, speaker, his favorite role of being a husband and a father. He's also a thought leader, thought leader on self side of management, including work-life balance, emotional intelligence, leadership. Russell has written for written and been quoted in many popular press outlets about this topic. Welcome, Russell, to the podcast. Joe, glad to be here, man. Um, I noticed your the book of the topic we're talking about tonight is work-life balance. How did that come about? You know, as as an academic, uh, Joe, as a college professor, I have to do uh, research as part of my my job. You know, so not only do we teach, we research, and so I've always had the thought that if I'm going to research something, I might as well do something in, in, that I you know perceive to be important. And I noticed very early on in my working life, you know, when I graduated from college and started working in quote the real world that um you know it's very easy for our jobs to get in the way of our time with our spouse time with our kids time with our friends time with our parents whatever the case may be uh so that's kind of been you know what i've tried to tackle as uh as one of those nerdy academics and um, and do um, you think it's a big problem, a large problem that most people have nowadays, where everybody's so busy with their smartphones and laptops and and stuff like that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think you're right, Joe. Um, you know, I, I, I've seen stats are everywhere. We're a stats-heavy culture. Um, but I saw a stat uh, from a Gallup poll where um, 40% of Americans, so that's almost half of Americans, are working more than 50 hours per week. 
Um, and now that doesn't necessarily mean that those 40% have work-life balance problems. Uh, but what it tells me is that as a society, we're working a whole bunch, which means if we're working a bunch, we're probably not spending that time with uh, those people who are important to us uh you know and then a second stat and i actually just saw this one yesterday uh oh my goodness it was something crazy like 70 percent of millennials so that's a generation a little bit younger than me and you but 70 percent of millennials uh say that their work-life balance is terrible so you know i think you're right we we as a nation you know uh, and i'm assuming most of your listeners are here in the u.s you know we're we're pretty bad at this work life balance thing. It seems like it's almost like a rat race. We got to we want to we wanted to really well at our jobs and and we put more and more hours in and it just doesn't seem it feasible. You're right. You know, there's a quote and I actually use this uh, as the preface of one of the chapters. It says, uh, and it's from Lily Tomlin, but it says, you know, um, at the you know if you're in the rat race, at the end of the day, you're still a rat. And you know, I thought that was a great little quote, a little bit of humor to it. Uh, but you're right. You know, we we put in that extra five hours, that extra ten hours, and uh, for some people that makes a huge difference. For others, it's it's so incremental that it maybe it's not even worth putting in those extra hours every day. Um, you know, and and also there are studies that show that working. You know, say 55 hours, you're no more productive doing that than if you would have just worked 50 hours. Is it, is it more of the focus and the, the um, like regular amount of time you have? And if we have 50 hours, we're going to make it work 50 hours. So that is something like you're saying or? Well, yeah. And, and kind of what it points to is that, you know, at the end of the day, man, we're human. And we're, we get tired, we get fatigued. And I know that when I get tired, I'm much less efficient than I was when I was more alert. You know, so what it's kind of talking about is, uh, say I hit 50 hours per week and, um, I'm thinking, well, I gotta go, I gotta go more, more, more. Chances are I'm not gonna get much done in those extra hours because I'm, you know, to kind of use a metaphor, there's no there's no gas left in the tank. True, you need some kind of break or some kind of rest. You got it. Um, and also, this I noticed the um, book was based on faith based. I know you're a Christian, and how did that? How does that fit into work life balance? Yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. The book has a uh, faith based approach uh, from you know the Christian perspective from the from the Bible. Um, you know what I what I came to realize in in my faith and in the churches that I've been a part of since you know being adult and moving around the country um, that this is this this is just as much a problem in the church you know and one of the core values I would say of most religions and including Christianity is you know. Putting family as a priority, and I noticed that uh, a lot of people, especially men, you know, me and you, the, the men, um, a lot of guys aren't putting their family as a priority, uh, and that was in in the church and out of the church. And so I thought I would.
try to tackle the issue from sort of inside of the faith. That's um, that, that's it's an um, interesting way of doing it and an interesting perspective using faith. We're talking about work-life balance. Um, and also you talked something about emotional intelligence. I'm just curious about that because isn't it, is that different than IQ, emotional intelligence? Yeah, you got it. You know, so IQ, that's how smart we are. Emotional intelligence, we call it, uh, we sometimes call it EQ, emotional quotient. Um, and it's, you know, um, there, there's a, a gentleman I know here in Tampa that's, that's heavy into work, uh, excuse me, heavy into emotional intelligence. Uh, his name's Hank Clemens. And he, I, I love the way he puts um, emotional intelligence. And he says it's just being smart about our emotions. And so you're definitely right that IQ and EQ are two different things. And what the what the research out there tells us is that in a lot of jobs, our emotional intelligence is actually a better predictor of things such as how much money we're going to make compared to how smart we are. So if you stop and think about that, it's kind of like, wow, you know, because I don't know everything. I'm certainly not what uh, someone would consider a big-time expert in a lot of different fields. But if I know how to manage my emotions, hey, I've got a leg up there. Yeah, we have um, a, a gentleman I work with, a um, very smart man, very very smart what he does, but you can easily set up an, um, he can easily be set off like, like really like that. So I don't know if that his emotional intelligence better is really being smart has something to do with it. I'm not sure if that is something equal. No, it sounds like what you're what you're saying there is pretty much spot on when it comes to emotional intelligence. You know, if if we're uh, easily set off or uh, you know if it's easy for people to push our buttons, uh, yeah, that's probably a sign. You know, for this gentleman you're talking about, that uh, his his emotional intelligence is probably fairly low, um, and although he may be very smart. He may be someone that's tough to, to deal with, you know, in the workplace. Um, one thing I just want to change gears a little bit, I guess, and a little talk about sure. a little about you. I mean, we got a little, we got right into the uh, topic tonight. I was hoping to get a little, little more about you. What is it like to be a college professor? What is the, a daily life of being a college professor? You know, that's that's a fairly loaded question. It you know it depends on uh, where you teach. And so it's kind of like saying, what's it like being, um, you know, a a car salesman at the Mercedes dealership versus what's it like to be a, say, a car salesman at a used car lot? You know, colleges are all different shapes and sizes. And, uh, you know, I'm lucky to be at a good a good school, a good university uh, where, you know, we're treated fairly, we're we're respected and, um, you know, for the most part, being a, a faculty member offers a, a fair amount of flexibility uh, in terms of when you come and go. Uh, and this is that's something that's helped my work life balance uh, immensely, you know. And it's something that, that there, it was very purposeful for me to get into this career path because before I was a professor, I was in a what I'd categorize as sort of like a, a sales role. I was traveling a fair amount uh, before I got married, uh, in, in and out of Dallas and Houston and big cities like that. And um, 
so I decided, hey, I want that flexibility. That's where I kind of the path took me to being a professor. So, yeah, you know, average day, you know, uh, some days you teach, some days you don't. Uh, there are a bunch of meetings. You do a, you go to a lot of meetings like like most workplaces have. Um, we do, you know, there's times where I shut the door and I do writing, uh, kind of this nerdy research that we kind of opened up with. Um, so it's, it's sort of a hodgepodge, but it's, um, you know, it's a fun job because you get paid to, uh, to interact with students and you get paid to, to read books and articles. So, you know, I, I think it's a lot of fun. Um, I read in your bio that you had two daughters. Is, is that correct? I do. I've got one that's four and a half and, uh, one that's about 15 months old. Oh wow! What, what a the age yes. difference. My uh, my son's three and a half. So I, uh, your little your daughter, your oldest son, is a little bit ahead of me. Uh, my my son and um, must be a great. It's a great time. This this age is great because they're they're learning so much. I don't know how how your perspective of it. Oh yeah, they um, you know the the four and a half year old. She's just she's just soaking it all in and. Um, it, it's amazing sometimes, you know, you, you think, well, gosh, that's just a little child. And then she says something and you're like, wow, wh- where did that come from? Um, you know, and as you're probably aware, um, one of the big films out right now for kids is, uh, Moana, the Disney film. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and so my wife and I took, um, the four and a half year old to see that, during Thanksgiving, and then my parents and sister took her to see it during Christmas. And, you know, so that's two times that she's been exposed to this movie that's, you know, an hour and a half long. And she comes into the kitchen the other day and just starts reciting some of Moana's lines. <laughs> and you know, we're, you know, we're like, that's amazing. How how does she remember that after like, seeing it twice? They're like little sponges. <laughs> oh yeah, you're exactly right. And it's funny because um, I'd, I'd seen one time when I had work late one evening and then I come home and my son's already been. The next day I'm like, he's already changed like one day. Oh, yeah, yeah. There there are those instances where it's just like a light switch. Just It just flips and they're, they're different in some regard. How, how, is, how is your feelings of being a dad? How, what is your take on being a father? Oh, I, you know, I love fatherhood. Um, as you mentioned kind of up front, that, that is, that and husband are, are you know, that, that's tied 1A and 1B as my favorite roles. Um, you know, it's, is it challenging? Sure. You know, and you, you know that. I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. Um, and are there times of frustration? Sure. And those times usually come when you're trying to get them to go to bed or, uh, you know, get them to behave or something. But, um, but yeah, it's just, it's, they're at that cool age, like you said, where, you know, they, they want to sit in your lap and, um, they, they want to be your buddy and, um, you know, you're kind of like the hero. So yeah, being, being a, being a dad's great. It really is. I guess that's a good way to segue back into a, some of the question on, I was really interested in. And these are a few things from the book that I, I thought was, might be a good thing to talk about. How about time management? That being a father, we have time management. I mean, that, that goes along with being a father. Yeah, you're right. And gosh, out of all the chapters in the book, that's one where I, you know, really have to, um, 
lock in and kind of come back to some of those principles, you know, and, and, and Joe, I should have said up front, you know, all the, all the things in this book are, uh, I wrote it almost as much for me as I did for anyone else as a reminder. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, time management is, is critical and it's not always in the sense of, you know, can I, you know, can I do, uh, like in, in the book, I talk about not multitasking, um, you know, and that's something personal for me. I, I can only do one thing at a time. Uh, I'm not very good at multitasking. Uh, you know, that's one thing. But another thing is just um, learning to say no. And th- a lot of times that comes in a, in a work context or even in a, you know, like a volunteer context in the community of, you know, just saying no. Because, you know, we're we're bombarded with people asking for our help and our assistance on projects or things like that. And, you know, for the most part, you know, I'm sure you and I both, we say yes to a lot of a lot of things. There are a lot of yeses and we help. Uh, but sometimes we just got to say uh, no. In fact, I was sitting at my desk today thinking about something I said no to earlier. Uh, from a textbook company and um and i, I remember because i was kind of thinking about you and i you know talking tonight and uh i just thought to myself my goodness i'm glad i said no to that <laughs> because <laughs> while it while it may have been fun while it may have you know put a couple extra dollars in my pocket it would have just frazzled me so yeah time management is huge Oh, that, that's then. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for choosing to come on tonight. That's all. Thank you very much. Oh man, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. And another thing, and, and I thought it was a cool little. Um, I don't know what we call those letters that represent a set of on, on things of words. I don't know what we call them. It was Q I key, and I, I Q I K. I'm sorry. And um, it's quantifiable, um, implementable. No, what does that mean for goals? I was I was really interested in that. Yeah, so kind of the gist of that um, is making sure that when we decide to do something that we really know what it is we're trying to do, you know, because it's real easy to just, you know, say you read the book and say, oh, that that was nice. I want to have better work-life balance. Um, But, you know, what, what does that really mean? So, you know, with the Q being, you know, quantifiable, Basically, can I measure it? Can, you know, do I, and so instead of saying I want, I want to have good work life balance, maybe it's I want to spend, uh, one night every week with my child, you know, so that's, you can measure that, you know, what is good? Gosh, who knows what good is, but what is one hour? Hey, we can, we know that that's 60 minutes. So, you know, we want it to be quantifiable. Uh, if, if I want, if my goal is to spend one hour, every night reading with my daughter or my son or spend one hour with my, my wife or, you know, uh, whatnot, that's quantifiable. And so making sure that it's, you know, measurable like that. Uh, the implementable part is this idea of can it, can it even be done? You know, um, can, can I even do that? And then the known, the K, the known, is this idea of uh, just accountability, telling someone about it. You know, and you don't have to, 
you know, you don't have to announce it on your podcast or you, you don't have to take out an ad in the paper to make it known. Um, but, you know, telling telling someone close to you, a handful of people close to you, uh, to keep that accountability. Uh, and the thought about the known, the K, um, came, you know, I, I, I heard a guy one time from uh, an Eastern European country, and he was telling me that kind of in his culture, in his little town, if you were going to do something, you went to the city square and kind of announced it. And I thought that was kind of a neat picture, you know. So I'm not saying that that I need to go into to Tampa and announce it. And you don't need to tell all of New Hampshire, but um, you know, the idea of telling somebody, "Hey, I'm I've got this goal to spend uh, one hour with with my child each night," you know. So that's sort of where the QIK or, or quick comes from. It's it's important. I mean, it's also nice to have people who can hold you accountable because. Honestly, sometimes I'm like, I, I, I want to record this podcast. I'll do it tomorrow night. And if somebody, right. somebody to call me, hey, you're supposed to record tonight. You know, what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it is nice to just kind of have that, you know, that someone's going to check up on you. And, um, this is a fun question, I guess. And, um, how do you find, find balance? What does Russell Clayton do for fun? You know, for it, it, it's changed um, over the seasons of of life. Um, you know, and back before um, before we had children, you know I, that you know we were talking before we started recording. Uh, I like to go for long runs back then, um, and that was just something to help me clear my head. Uh, it was physically, it was beneficial for me. It kind of helped de stress me. Um, you know, now that I've got two little ones, I'm, I'm not going for, uh, 20 mile runs. It's, I'm doing good to get a 20 minute run in. Um, you know, so, but now, now with this season of life, you know, one of the things that we do, uh, being so close, uh, to Disney down here in Tampa, uh, is that's kind of what we do. We, we've become big Disney fans and that's, where we spend a lot of uh, quality family time is go over to the Magic Kingdom for three or four hours, hang out as a family, watch the girls' faces light up. Um, and, yeah, that's one of the big things that we do uh, in terms of kind of making sure that we have life and it's not all work. I had a quick question. Since you live down there and you go to Disney a lot, are you looking forward to the Avatar um, land when it opens up in the wild, wild kingdom or in Disney? Yeah, that should be pretty cool. I'll have to, uh, you know, honestly, it's been so long. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to refresh my memory on, uh, on the movie. Um, but, but yeah, that's going to be pretty cool. I think that's going to draw a lot of people in. Uh, so actually it won't be cool for me if there's more people coming and <laughs> <laughs> makes it busier. Um, but yeah, they they've got a lot of changes coming, a lot of Star Wars stuff too. Are you a big Star Wars fan, J- Joe? You might you might kick me off your podcast. I I am not a huge Star Wars guy. Uh, <laughs> I honestly I don't even know that I've seen a single one of the movies all the way through. Wow, How I, I, I I know that's disappointing. What year were you born? <laughs> <laughs> I was born in seventy eight, so I'm I'm well within the 
the range of having uh, should should have having seen them. Uh, and I just never. I'm more of a comedy and sports guy. Oh, sports. So I, yeah, so I, I never 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 got on board with Star Wars. Well, what um, do you follow the Tampa um, your Tampa River football team? Yeah, yeah, I, I um, followed them somewhat. Um, I followed the Lightning, the hockey team. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of a big deal down here, uh, which is kind of ironic that in, you know, it's, it's 80 degrees outside and hockey's a big sport. Um, but yeah, you know, so I follow the, the lightning maybe a little more than I do the, the Buccaneers. Uh, and then we love, we love the Rays, uh, the, the baseball team. So you must see when the Red Sox come down, they play them all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I was there, uh, yes, it was not this past season, but the season before when Ortiz hit, I guess it would have been four ninety nine. Oh wow! Uh, and then he hit he hit five hundred the next night, and I missed it. I wasn't there. Um, but yeah, and we had actually managed. We had my buddy and I bought the cheap seats for like twenty bucks in the upper deck, and had managed to sneak down to the. Uh, we were sitting right behind the the Red Sox dugout. Well, it's in, and down when the Rays. Um stadium is not a lot of they usually sell out or they have a lot of empty seats oh there's a ton of empty seats ton (laughs) uh in fact the only time that it even gets close to being full is when the red sox come Mm -hmm. uh and when the yankees come uh because we have a lot of transplants from up north that that retire down here um (laughs) so yeah when when the Sox come and when the yankees come uh, and then actually the Mets came this year. It's kind of uh, not normal for the Mets to come down, but they had a series this year and it was full. Uh, but other than that, yep, it's uh, we're struggling to get get fannies in the seats at the race games. Well, yeah, as you know, you probably know that the AFC Championship is this weekend for the New England Patriots against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, uh, yes, yes. I am I'm so- guessing the Patriots are your team, huh? Absolutely. I went to the yeah. uh, I went to the AFC Championship game against the Indianapolis Colts. Supposedly uh-huh. that was the Deflate Gate um, game, and I'm like, how can you have a Deflate Gate? He ran, he they ran the ball the first half, and he passed with the with the regularly deflated ball, regular inflated balls, and he threw all over the place. So it, it's just, it's a bunch of um, crap. <laughs> Sorry, con- con- conspiracy. <laughs> Definitely a conspiracy. But, but um, well, I, I, yeah, I think your Pat's got a good chance of going all the way this time. I, I hope so because it, it'll get exciting, and um, hey, we got it'd, be, it'd definitely be exciting. Well, I guess um, I don't know how much time you have left, but um, I don't know. Wrapping up, I don't know if you want to give any closing thoughts about work-life balance, um, emotional intelligence, something you want to um, wrap like closing thoughts about it, and where they can find you. Sure. You know, I think one of the, the, the more important or maybe impactful chapters um, in the book is simply titled Career Management. And in that chapter, I, I try to talk a little bit about are there things we can do with our career uh, to help us have better work-life balance. And some of those things are pretty small. And some of those things could actually be sort of big. You know, for example, something that's sort of small is I have a friend and I talk about his story in the book and his name's Philip and Philip's a huge football fan. And 
Uh, so he was coaching high school football. And, you know, so that accomplished two things. It gave him, uh, it was about a $5,000 stipend, you know, on top of his teaching. Uh, and then also he got to be involved with football. But one thing Philip told me, he said, man, you know, during football season, so you're looking August to December for high school football. He said, I didn't get to put my daughter to bed a single night during the season um, because I was always up at the, the the complex, you know, practice, training, all that stuff for the kids. And so he made the decision to kind of shift away from being a football coach and just, ju- I say just, but just teaching, uh, you know, his normal high school teaching. And, you know, so he was out about $5,000 and he was out. Um, something that he was passionate about, which is football. But he said the trade-off was, you know, he got to see his daughter every night. He got to read to her. You know, he, he, he got to live the dad life. And so that was kind of the career management for him was, uh, you know, a fairly small shift, but big enough that it resulted in him uh, spending more time with his daughter, you know. And then there there are big shifts, you know. Uh, I talked earlier with you about uh, I was in a sales type position and I wanted to have more flexibility and get off the road from traveling, you know. So it was a pretty big career management shift for me because I gave up a good paying job and went back to school full time, which meant I wasn't getting a salary, uh, you know, all so that I could get what I needed to be a professor. And so, you know, that was a pretty big shift. So I think that's one of the maybe more important chapters and maybe a chapter and a topic that people that would pick up a book on work-life balance wouldn't necessarily expect is this career management thing. Um, where, they can, where can they find you and when you name your book? Sure. Again, the book is In Search of Work-Life Balance. And the best place to go is to Amazon.com, and uh, the paperback is six ninety nine. The Kindle edition is two ninety nine. If you're on Amazon, the best thing to do is just to plug in the search in search of work life balance. Or another route to get there is simply go to my website, which is RussellClayton.net. Remember, there's two L's in Russell, so RussellClayton.net. And right there at the top is a link that says, buy the book here, click it, boom, you're going to go to Amazon. And, you know, if you're Amazon Prime, you're going to get the free shipping and all that. Uh, so for six ninety nine, it's a steal. But absolutely, absolutely, it's a steal for six ninety nine. It's a great book. Well, I want to say thank you, Russell, for being on the podcast, and I really do appreciate it. It was a great talk, and, and – um Stay warm, stay, try to stay cool down in uh, Tampa, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We might have to turn the air conditioner on here after a while. And you you stay warm and uh, and go Pats. I, I don't have a dog in the fight, but I'll pull for the Pats since I since I know you're you got you got your heart into that. Thanks, Russell. Have a good night. All right, Joe. Take care, man. Well, that's all I have for this episode. I want to say thank you for joining me on the new Sitting on the Sideline Dad podcast. And I want to say thank you for Russell being a guest on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I know work-life balance is something we all struggle with. I do. We can choose to make more money. We also can choose money for time. What are we sacrificing? I know as a parent, 
and especially if I don't see my son for a day or two, how quickly it grows. It's like every minute something changes. And I wouldn't want to miss that for a few hours and extra dollars at work. I mean, money's nice. Nice to pay bills and feel comfortable, but I guess I don't want to miss out on anything. You can find all the show notes over at com. You can find all the links for Russell's book, Russell's website, and all information on Russell over there. Also, please leave a comment about the podcast. All comments help improve the podcast. You know, positive, negative, constructive, I prefer constructive. I can, I can improve it. Also, I can reach that Joe at nosittingonthesideline.com. And I'm very active on Twitter, at NOS Dad Podcast. Thank you for your time. Until next time, have fun. Get involved with your children. Give them a hug and tell them how much you love them. That few minutes with them means a lot. Until next time, take care. God bless. See ya. See ya.